0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app.
1: All right, welcome back. Vancouver Province Columnist Mike Smith filling in for Simi today. Let's talk about the anti-pipeline blockades now. And here's a key question. I get this a lot from people. Where do they get their money? Where do these groups get the money for this kind of stuff. Now, a lot of these environmental groups are not participating in the actual blockades, but many of them have issued statements sympathetic to the blockades. Where do these groups get their money? This came up yesterday in question period in the B.C. legislature. The B.C. liberals now saying that maybe there should be a ban on foreign funding of B.C. environmental groups. They say there's a lot of money coming in from American foundations to environmental groups in BC that are causing economic damage in our own country. Have a listen to this now. You're going to hear uh, Shirley Bond here from the BC Liberals here in question period
2: yesterday. The Environment Minister had dinner with members of Stand.Earth who were present at the Anti-Pipeline Strategy Group meeting on Bowen Island. (laughs) just a fact. Members... It's ironic how, uh, how how facts actually uh, uh, upset the other side. Let, let's see what that organization is saying on their website. Here is the job posting on their U.S. website, and I quote: "Campaigns have focused on have focused on stopping the Trans Mountain Pipeline, the Tech Frontier Mine. In the coming months, we will expand to stop the growth of fracking and LNG." in british columbia end quote well the minister of the environment didn't want to get up last week it's his chance today to stand up and unequivocally reject stand earth's american-led campaign to stop bc energy development
1: okay shirley bond yesterday there and the liberals saying that some of these groups are getting money from u.s foundations you heard her mention their stand earth uh one of the major uh, environmental groups in our, our province uh, liberals put out a statement yesterday they received one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars from the Tides Foundation and uh, two over two hundred thousand dollars from the Gordon and Gordon E and Betty Moore Foundation out of the United States. Let's talk about this. Now we got uh, two awesome guests on it. Vivian Krauss is a researcher who has followed the money on the environmental fights in our country for a long time. Vivian, thanks for coming on again. Great to be here. I appreciate it. Also on the line is Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee in the studio. Peter, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, Vivian, let me go to you first. What should people know about the financing of these groups, and if, is there money coming from the United States, and should it be banned?
3: Well, thanks so much for, for having me on, Mike. So the problem that I see with this is that um, you know, the reason that we're talking about pipelines now is because a controversy over them has been manufactured. We never used to talk about pipelines. They were never in the news. They were out of sight, out of mind. No one ever had a, a panel discussion or a public conversation or anything about pipelines. But they were manufactured into a controversy as part of a campaign to landlock Canadian crude. Now, I'm not saying Dean can speak for himself about whether his organization is part of that or not. But what I see as the biggest problem here is that this isn't helping the environment because it's causing a huge amount of economic pain to Canada and for no environmental gain. You know, we use a heck of a lot of oil, 1,000 barrels of oil every second. That's how much that we're using as a planet. And for me personally, I think it's too much, too fast. We need to slow down. But this campaign isn't helping that, because all it's doing is scaring investment capital away from Canada. We've had Projects canc- canceled now. Well over a billion dollars. We've also lost well over, well over a hundred billion dollars. We've also lost well over a hu- well hundred billion dollars well because we're not getting world prices okay. for our oil. Okay, so speak- just think of what we could do with that money.
1: Speaking of money, how much money is coming in from the United States to fund these groups?
3: Well, so so that's the thing now, speaking specifically uh, about the the situation with the with the Wet'suwet'en, yeah, they've received some some american money it's it's in the It's in the thousands, maybe in the hundreds of thousands. I don't even think it's in the millions necessarily however the the big groups, for instance, the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation, that one foundation alone, one American Foundation alone, has put in more than almost two hundred and eighty million two hundred and forty five million specifically for environmental activists. That's a lot of money, you know. Tides okay, Canada Pete, alone, eighty-five million. Coastal First Nations, thirty million.
1: Peter so McCartney. those
3: groups cr- create the context in which the the you know this um, small protest has been amplified around the world.
1: Okay, Peter McCartney, what do you say to that?
4: I mean, you know, the Moore Foundation does not even fund climate work. You know, they fund things like the Great Bear yes, Rainforest. And, and, and so, well, I'm when, hang you, hang you, on, when Vivian Krause talks on, Vivian. about hang a manufactured controversy, I think she's an expert at manufactured comp- tra- controversies because her and the right-wing politicians in oil and gas industry are creating this to distract from the absolutely urgent conversation we need to have in this country about Indigenous rights and title. And so, you know, when she she talks about, oh, the Wilderness Committee received thirty thousand dollars from Patagonia via the Tides Foundation for our, our work in mining in the Clayoquot Sound and Dusico, um, and then somehow we're involved in organizing the, the, you know, the protests and blockades we're seeing I across the country. Said that. That's hey it's absurd.
3: That's what the liberal the press release didn't take down. So don't put words out of my mouth that I didn't say.
4: That's what okay? the liberal press release now, accused us of yesterday.
1: And and well, you know I just think and, it's then, it's then, so absurd.
3: That, that's coming that, I mean. okay, okay, so hang, because-
1: hang on Guys, I'm gonna insist you don't talk over each other. Vivian, go ahead.
3: So let's stick to the facts. Let's start with what we can agree with. Okay, Pete, I'm sure you and I can agree on a couple of things. One, we're using too much oil. I'm sure you'd agree with me that a thousand barrels a second is too much. We need to slow down. See how, you know, we still do need to burn some barrels of oil. So let's make the best possible use that we can of what we still need to burn, okay? Trouble is, we don't have the technology that we need to actually go off oil. You know, and Canada, we're so small as a country that by our actions alone, we can't make a difference. We have to make a difference through our advocacy and our leadership. That's why we need to lead in areas like R&D, like the technology. I'd love to see our country be the global capital of energy ingenuity. Let's develop the iPhone of renewables. You know, that's the kind of leap that we need to make.
4: If I okay. can jump in here, um, Canada is the fourth largest oil and gas producer in the world. We have a tremendous impact on the global climate because of the I exports of our fossil fuels and the, and the and the Trans Mountain pipeline misleading. would expand. It, this is Environment Canada's numbers would expand emissions from the largest polluter in Canada, the Alberta tar sands by no, 20%. No, no. That, You're you know, misleading. that ki- what we can do for climate change in this country while we're all, you know, switching to electric cars and, and, and taking transit to work is tackle this single largest growing source of pollution in this country, which is emissions from the oil and gas hang industry. Hang on a sec. Okay. You're
3: using all the right sound bites, okay, and all the right talking points, but they're misleading. Here's why. You're right. Yeah, we're the fourth largest, but, but hang on a sec. We're not even at 5% of global oil production. We're not even barely at 4%. We build a Trans Mountain pipeline. We, we wouldn't even go up by 1%, okay? So look look at us. The United More oil and gas than Russia and Saudi Arabia combined, okay? Texas has tripled its oil production. See, that's the big guy.
4: And you know, there are $2.9 billion billion from foundations who have been giving to climate fights in the United States. This is not unique to Canada. They fight the Dakota Access Pipeline. They fight the Mountain Valley Pipeline. They fight the Bayou Bridge Pipeline. This is a global movement of people that are coming together
1: to stand up to the oil and gas industry,
4: which has no plan
1: in order for us to reduce our emissions. Okay, Vivian, real quick, and then we take a quick break, okay? Go ahead.
3: Look, most people don't even know the names of the Bayou Pipeline. There, you can, it's absolutely silly to say that there has been a campaign against American pipelines. That is anything even remotely close to the shakedown of the Keystone, Northern Gateway, Energy East, Trans Mountain, Mackenzie Gas Pipeline, and now the LNG industry in British Columbia.
0: These funders have simply not... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it...
3: gone after uh, after texas or north dakota the way they have after alberta and that's my concern let's go that's green i'm true. all for it there's, let's there, make the there's there but are these fights all over the world all countries
1: my guest vivian kraus she researches the funding of environmental groups in canada <laughs> peter mccartney uh, with the wilderness committee peter would you say that would you be willing to admit that the environmental movement in canada does get a lot of money from u.s foundations and it does have an impact on the debate here in canada
4: of course, but there's American money flowing in through our country in every different way. you know Vivian Kraus is a you know foreign funded by forty three percent of the oil and gas industry, which pays the speaking fees at her is engagements It's is, is it. stumping for a foreign okay. investment from uh, the foreign owned uh, companies no, Petronas, uh, the Chinese state oil company and the Korean state oil companies just in stop. a foreign just owned just newspaper of post media and so this is of course environmental groups are getting this funding every single other industry in canada does and the truth is they're getting only 40 million dollars out of five billion dollars that has been spent on the climate movement in the past few years vivian what do you say to that
3: look the oil industry hasn't supported me they ignored me they ignored me for nine years they paid ten thousand dollars at your
4: speaking engagements
3: yeah and i've done and i've done quite a few of those but over seven years actually i've earned more than two hundred thousand dollars which is a lot of money except i did that over seven years okay that's what i've lived off of so no the oil industry never has supported me it's too bad they didn't pay attention years ago or our country wouldn't be in the mess that we're in but for years and years this was ignored it wasn't taken seriously and that was what i was trying to say with guys it's not just a bunch of ankle biter activists there's big billion dollar foundations do you- behind this vivian very do you- well connected
1: do you think that as we see the anti-pipeline pipeline blockades that are hurting the economy here in Canada today, do you think American money, American funding, is, in any way influences those uh, blockades?
3: Absolutely, because no one would care two hoots about pipelines if it hadn't been for this campaign that had generated thousands of media stories. And let me be clear, as someone who worked in the slums of Guatemala for six years, raising foreign funding, I have no problem with it. The problem is that these campaigns are not helping the environment. What they're doing is okay. hurting our economy and not helping. That's the problem. And that's why this activism is wrong, no matter who funds it. Canadian Peter. or wherever the money is. Yeah,
4: no, no, I just, I think the Unistoten have been on the land opposing pipelines for 10 years now. Um, and to be honest, I think this whole concept that Indigenous folks can't mount this sort of resistance that we're seeing all over the country without some shadowy green cabal uh, pulling Let's the strings, the is, it's racist. It's, 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 it's just
3: wrong to, that's, call, that's to,
1: to try and portray Racism this as something like a
3: serious that. Problem, hey, maybe maybe something maybe to I'm going
1: to give, give, give you a chance, but don't, don't step on him while he's making his point. Then I'll come back to you and let you make your point. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's just this whole narrative is
4: gross and it's a it's a distraction from the actual conversation that we need to be having, which uh, indigenous groups in this country are trying to start about rights and title that has never been settled. We could have settled this 20 years ago after the Delgamuk decision, uh, but provincial and federal governments have ignored it until it got to this point. Let
1: me, let me ask you this, Peter, if we if we connect the dots on some of this money. So, for example, the the B.C. liberals yesterday suggesting a ban on foreign Money flowing to environmental groups like your own. If you take a look at the, the Sierra Club, for example, who have put out a statement in support of blockades, uh, they've said the Supreme Court of Canada has perpetuated violence against the Wet'suwet'en First Nation for approving construction of this pipeline. That's the Sierra Club of BC. They got six uh, six hundred and forty one thousand dollars in U.S. funding is it fair to connect the dots here? Is that American influence?
4: I don't think it is. You know, the American funding that people get are for grants that have nothing to do with this problem. Wilderness Committee put out a solidarity statement too. And, you know, when we see Indigenous allies being removed by the RCMP in direct contravention of the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, we have a responsibility to speak up. I I couldn't let that happen without uh, saying something about it.
1: Okay, Vivian, what do you say about that?
3: Well, Pete said something there that I totally agree with, and that's that we have to address the issue of rights and title. You know, the federal government in the next budget is going to forgive a billion dollars' worth of payments that are mostly the lawyers, right, that have been f- f- fussing over this for 20 years, and, and the lawyers are getting rich, and the First Nations aren't getting ahead at all. I totally agree. We've got to address that, okay? But talk, what's this really about? If you really want to do the, the, what, what matters for the environment, it's about helping India and China get off coal. That's the number one thing if you really care about carbon emissions. That's why LNG in British Columbia can help. That's why this coastal gasoline pre- project is good for the environment. It's not okay. bad. Okay, okay. Peter, what
1: do, you, what do you say that's one of the most common arguments in favor of the uh, the, the natural gas pipeline, that it's going to displace coal? Uh, coal burning in China, and that's going to be better for the planet. What do you say to that? I mean,
4: first of all, I just want to say, you know, that's a giant leap from in- implying that indigenous rights are only about the environment, but certainly, you know, that's one of the reasons that we're fighting uh, LNG that. and fracking. And so, the, you know, this argument that uh, LNG is somehow going to get Asia off of coal, when you look at the life cycle emissions of it all, you know, the benefits are negligible at best and, you know, even worse in some situations if we know how much methane is leaking in Northeast BC. Um, but the truth is, you know, even regarding regardless of all the fugitive the leaky methane uh the tremendous amount of energy it takes to power these lng facilities which would be one of the most polluting projects in the country if not the most um We could transition every single coal plant in the world onto fossil fuel gas, and we would still be emitting five times too much carbon to be able to uh, maintain a safe climate. And so we need to, you know, get rid of fossil fuels completely. And the good news is that we can do it. Renewables are already cheaper than gas when
1: you look at lifetime costs. Okay, we just got a minute left. Vivian Krause.
3: I wish everything he was saying is true, but it just isn't true know, we don't have enough land. We're, there's so many reasons that if we, even if we wanted to flick a switch and go all renewables, it's just not technologically possible, and it won't be for a couple of decades. I'm all for developing the technology that will accelerate that. You know, that's, I think you know, every that's study has refuted that.
1: that. Okay, guys, yeah. we are out of time. I want to thank you, though, for for a, a, a good-spirited uh, exchange and a conversation, and my thanks to both of you. That is Peter McCartney. Thank you, Vivian. Thanks, That's Vivian Krause. Uh, she's a researcher on environmental uh, funding in Canada. Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee. My thanks to both of them.